Welcome to Downhill Discussions with your host, Adam Ward. Thank you, Kobe. I'm really excited today uh, with another episode of Downhill Discussions. I have with me a, one, an amazing guest that I can't wait for listeners to hear. And, and she is the executive director of not only Blood and Fire Ministries, but Kinnick House. Um, this woman has been in- incredible in, in helping... Um, house people has been incredible in, in feeding individuals in our community and she's been you know personal note has been incredible in opening her her agency doors and and her heart to me and in, in letting me learn and grow as 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 a part of this program um and with me right now is carrie gaston carrie thank you for being here with us hi thank you um, I want to first uh, start out again by saying I, I am so excited that you're here. Um, I, I know you know trying to nail down times was difficult. Your your schedule is crazy busy. Um, as I say that, with you you managed to run both Blood and Fire Ministries and Connect House. Could you really just talk about how how that came together? What you do? My, sorry, I'm going to stop talking and let you get a chance to just sort of describe what what it's like doing all of that well blood and fire ministry originally started in 2005 okay um and our um, mission statement is to feed clothe and shelter Mm. and throughout the years we have (laughs) morphed um from serving actually delivering food um to 20 families a month um and delivering clothing Um, But we, for years and years and years, until 2014, had not um, done anything about the shelter piece except for homeless prevention. Um, We're part of a homeless prevention grant that from 2012 on that helps um, keep people in their housing. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So um, in 2014, we had... um, Actually, Matsu Health Foundation had suggested that another agency that was trying to start up a 5013C to come and talk to us, and they just happened to be about the shelter, which is actually Knick House. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's two separate <clears throat> sort of... They were two. We were two separate, um, and our main programs on Blood and Fire was the food pantry, the clothing pantry, and then the homeless prevention. Okay. And um, the boards of both those um, agencies um, came together and um, were faith-based. So we prayed and had dinner together and with our boards. And we had decided with the help with Four Acre to merge. Okay. And so we did merge, but we brought actually Knick House under as a program rather than another agency. Okay, okay. So so Knick House is a program under Blood and Fire. So as an executive director, my responsibility is to oversee, not necessarily run, but oversee um, all the programs that we have. Oh, okay, okay. And so then Knick House is run. And, and my understanding is there's both a men's and a women's house component to... Yes. Okay. Yes. And when we originally opened up in March of 2015, um, we were on one property, and the 
men were in the dorm and the women were in the house. Okay. And that was until October of that same year that we were able to move the women out of the house into a property a mile further down the road. Oh, wonderful. Okay. And so we were, they were actually were in a house um, for, for several years until 2019. Okay, nice. Okay, okay. So it was separate, and then and then with the the expansion, you were able to add more. Were people were more people able to move in, or were you able to grow it all, or add more individuals? Well, when the when we moved the women out of here, we were only able to have seven women here. Okay, and so we were able to have up to twelve at the house. Oh wow! Okay, so you're almost doubling, like in that. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then in 2019, we moved the women um, out of that house and into um, a duplex in Wasilla. Okay. And we did downsize a little. We can have a max of 10 people. Okay. Um, but that's, um, you know, we did downsize a little, but it's it's been worth it because they're right um, locally. That's what I was going to ask, was mm-hmm. being right in, in downtown Wasilla. Is that- yes. And that has actually helped the success of our women because they're um, able, when they do come in and they are not employed, mm-hmm. they're able to get a job because they're kind of in the center of the of the work area. Oh, uh, and then it's a quicker, and then I'm not walking all day. Mm-hmm. That's what some of the other people who've been on have sort of talked about, you know, that walking all day just to get to place to place, but being mm-hmm. so close. So, see, wow, okay, that's, that's okay. Um, and then the other half... So, before we go to, uh, with, and you talked about getting into Kinnick House, about 10 people, um, at least with the women, we could focus on there for right now. Um, how, how long does somebody stay? How does, how does someone get in, be successful? What is, what, what is, I guess, so there's a lot of components to that. So, what really, what, what does it take to get into the Kinnick House, and what does it take to remain and stay successful within your program? Well, we are Mm faith-based, so when they um, put in for their application, they have to be aware there's there's some things that you know they're they're going to be required required to do. Okay. And in those requirements of you know we want to build a stable housing, Mm -hmm. um, stable and um, structured. But not overstructured. Okay. okay. <laughs> but you still have to have some structure. So mm-hmm. they get up at you know a certain time in the morning and you know do devotions and they have to be looking for work or you know or going to work. Right. Um, whatever the cases are. Um, but for success, it's for them. They have to have the mindset that it's not about everything else around them, it's about them. And they are supposed to be learning and growing for them and not everybody else. They, they need to individualize and realize that they're there to help themselves. That makes a lot of sense. I know even Colby said that, and we've had some, some guests on here who sort of said that, that, um, you know, what, when you get caught up in sort of the everything else or, you know, the, the, the small part that you can get bogged down and, and you don't keep moving and growing and trying to learn and, and accept the situation for what it is. And, you know, sometimes structure is important. You know, I, I hate getting up in the morning, but it's, you know, what what a part of, you know, you do. And I'm sure, you know, you weren't thrilled when your alarm clock went off at whatever time this morning. Um, so, 
I, I think that's that's really important, at least, or at least in my you know opinion about that. Um, as 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 people grow and and, and develop, is there uh, a way that we know when people are are starting to um, change their um, their thinking, or not even change their thinking? This is a better way to say it. But when so I know in with the men's house, they 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 graduate into phase two when guys start doing those right things and they start um, you know like like you were saying holding a job and you know really following through is there is there a way that that you're able to identify that people are starting to you know move towards success in your program well just following through with the rules Mm -hmm. and being willing um part of the rules are actually um doing volunteer work oh okay and with some of the volunteer work a lot of them like the men um, I do have to come actually to our my food pantry so I get a chance to um, get to know them and kind of get a feel for where they're at. Oh, okay. Oh, wonderful. So, it's, wonderful. so it helps it helps me um, to see the success mm-hmm. that Colby and um, and Amber are um, are doing because if you can volunteer and volunteer happily and not try to get out of it um the heart that i'm seeing with with the people that really want to change mm-hmm. and really want to want to be successful in life um are going to want to volunteer and they're going to want to help others and we're getting a lot more success i think because the people that are doing this are are seeing it as fun mm-hmm. Um, and helping others rather than it just being, oh my gosh, I just have to do something else. Right. No, that that's and I even sort of forgot that that was a big uh, that's a big element of, and I, I think you also can see people when they're you know when they get tired and and I you know and we'll, we'll talk a bit more about you know your the, the food element, but I know you work them boys hard um, to get off that, <laughs> and so you get to definitely. Uh, you know, see them when they're when they're tired and grouchy, and you get to see who the real person is instead of that you know maybe facade of the first day or two of someone coming in or living in Kinnick House. Um, so why we're we're talking about it? Uh, what as as someone is successful, what what would a success story look like, or uh, what what do you have any any good success stories of people who were able to come through and, and navigate the program and sort of learn and grow and, and become you know, better humans, I guess. Um, yeah, sorry. I have a couple different stories. I know that Colby has has some of his own, but these are prior to Colby. Okay. Um, so, so we're not saying the same stories. Um, so we have, um, in the very beginning, we had a young man, a middle-aged man come in, and he was with us um, for probably about almost the 18 months because it's 12 to 18 months program but people do um leave prior to that if if they get stable and they're doing well okay um and so he was with us and after he left he um volunteered and helped with he was a mechanic Mm -hmm. and he helped um do mechanic work for um for actually for blood and fire when I had clients call needing um, vehicle repair and stuff. Oh, cool. I would okay. just call him nice. and um, he would give us a really good rate mm-hmm. and took care of us that way. <clears throat> Sorry. Fine. 
Um, and he's he's still very successful he has some health issues so he's not working anymore mm -hmm. but he yeah he was pouring he's still pouring into the community i mean other ways especially for the rehabilitation because he's um yeah he's really connected in some of the, the recovery that's awesome that's i mean that's that's great i think and you said it about community and i think that's one of the things that Eat both your connect houses offer in terms of you know, you're able to house 10, 10 women and I have do you know how many men you're able to house at one time? If we were to have the um, phase two full, it mm -hmm. would be seven, and if the dorm was full, that's um, thirteen. So, so you're able to potentially house, and I, you know phase two right is and you have to earn that you have to be in that right situation. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it just what what it takes to be and with that what it takes to be successful and with that community aspect that that the houses offer that there are people and you get to experience you know different personality types experience good ones and bad ones and and, and it's a part of that growing and healing and it's always there and and you know blood and fire ministries doesn't go anywhere and even when people leave you're always you're able to provide this community and help people be a part of the community which i think is just so incredible and, and so such a big part of you know people's healing and growth as individuals yes um so you mentioned, and I, and I apologize, I should have said this earlier. When, um, in terms of of Kinnick House, is it is it the only transit? Is it the only housing for somebody who is looking into a housing option, or someone who's experiencing houselessness? It's the only um, transitional housing that is available if you are if you have other things besides recovery. Okay. Okay, we, we can help in some areas, but we're not recovery-based. Okay. But okay. so it essentially, if, if, if I don't have a drug addiction, and that's, you know, maybe, um, it, it seems that if, 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 if I have a drug addiction, there maybe is a few different options for me to go to get potential treatment and housing. But even if I leave treatment, um, or if I don't have a drug addiction, there really is only, Kinnick House is the only available option for someone who can turn to for support in our community right now so you're you're really providing an essential i mean the only you know you're providing you know for our community yes an essential service um so and as we talk about i, I want to transition um because not only do you keep people housed do you keep them you know off off the streets essentially for those um who who want it and i know that those those difficult decisions come into play about you know protecting the good versus the whole um which is again adds to that how you house and home all these different individuals uh but the other half of your job that that makes everything so difficult is you feed a large part of our community uh you touched on it a little bit with the the gentlemen who live at connect house who come volunteer at the at the food bank the and so and that's where you run the the excuse me it's where you run the blood and fire food bank it's actually a blood and fire food pantry. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. You're totally fine. I was stumbling over my words too. Did you hear I was stuttering like a fool? Um, but so is, is there a difference between food bank and food pantry then? I guess I, I, I genuinely don't there, know. There is. Okay. The, the, the food bank is actually where all the stores and um, corporations and stuff donate um, large quantities of 
food. Okay. And then the food bank distributes it out to food pantries. Okay. And the food pantry is, um, there's, like, in the valley, we have, I think now it's, like, 18 of them. Oh, wow. Throughout the Matsu Valley. But you're talking um, from Talkeetna to um, uh, Glacier View. Okay. So you're trying to at least be spread out. I know. it's spread out. Excuse me for a different thing we talked about. And just for reference, the Matsu Valley is about the size of West Virginia. In terms of square miles, and so if so, eighteen agencies is wonderful, or eighteen food pantries. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get that right. It is great. But you just think about. I wonder how many the, the entire state of West Virginia has yeah. um, as we try to feed everybody. So, um, would you mind telling telling our listeners a little more about the the food, the Blood and Fire Ministries food pantry? What what goes into that? Um, you know, just the whole. Well, the food pantry. Um, when we moved into our building that we're in, we originally served about 100 and 150 um, families okay. a, a month. A month. And um, okay. and then over the years, it has definitely increased. Okay. Um, and right now we are serving, um, and we're only doing once a week. We used to do twice a week, oh. but when COVID okay. um, happened, we changed it to once a week so that we could streamline everything okay. and make it okay. safer and healthier for that everybody. Um, and so now we are um, tracking about 450 families a month. 450? 450 families a month. Okay. Um, and they're allowed to come in twice a month. So technically, if you kind of split it, it would be about 225. Okay. Um, but when you look at the individuals mm-hmm. that are being served, um, we're doing right around 1,300, 1,350 individuals. In terms of family it, size. It, well, yeah, and so... So if you you can have 450 families, but you're actually oh, right. serving, if you take the the counts, right. you're actually serving between 13 to 1500 individual people that, per month. That's per month. Women, children. It's staggering, isn't it? Like yeah. just that many individuals who are in terms in in need. Um, holy cow! Sorry, it's just, it's yeah. it's incredible. You know, we talk about it, and we you know, but just to put. <clears throat> I mean, I know food and food insecurity isn't housing, but it's. I, I guess it's n- not a big leap to assume that people who are struggling financially with food are probably going to be struggling financially to pay their rent or to pay their other bills that, that just come due. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's, it's flabbergasting that that many people struggle with food insecurity at a given month, um, at least in our, in our tiny community. I guess we're not that tiny anymore. Um, well, we actually serve the um, the Meadow Lakes area. Okay. And so, like I said, we have food pantries spread out throughout the valley. Right, But right. we're actually the only one in that location. And we found out when we moved into that location that um, the school district had said that the Meadow Lakes area was the um, highest rate of um, child hunger. In the Matsu Valley. So um, that is one of the reasons why we've we've been 
offered to move into Wasilla and other areas, mm-hmm. but um, we just cannot not keep serving that area. That wow. area needs to be served. Yeah, you can't. And, yes, I. You said it. You said it. You know, it, it, kids. You can't. You can't not feed kids. And I know um, the few times that I've had the privilege of helping you pass out food on those Fridays. Um, those kids' cupboards, we get, you know, what, 25, 20, 30 bags of this. Mm-hmm. And they've been giving you more because they go so fast that you just ask them, you know, do you have kids in your family? And those bags, it's it's almost every family. And I don't mm-hmm. say everyone. I hate to paint with a broad brush. But more than every other has children who are struggling with food insecurity, which is, yeah, it's a sad thing. So, okay. So, I'm trying to make it a little bit happier note. Um, what... What what goes into what what does somebody get? What is what what is a food? If I as as a general listener, and that's a big part of what this podcast is. I know I jumped in it a little fast, um, but it's kind of about educating that average person who doesn't know a lot about this sort of, you know, all all these social issues that go into it. So if I've never been to a food pantry, if I've never needed food, if I don't know what that means, what what, what goes in it for somebody? What what does that look like? Um, you're asking about what's in the box or the sure. bag? Sure, yeah, all of it. You know, okay. just the whole, and, you know, even the, and I, you know, don't, don't jump too much, but, you know, driving over, um, you know, having people pick it up and how this, the whole, you know, kind of process works. So I'm kind of painting an image in, in, the, in the listener's mind of what, of what somebody has to go through. And I don't mean it like it's, like we're not picking on someone, but just the, the humble we've had a, such a humble uh, a person yesterday talk about you know humility as a part of growth and so it's i think people who struggle with food insecurity are you know have to be humbled a little bit and so i just meant that that entire process of what it goes what go, is intake well just to get the food to the boxes <laughs> right oh yeah that in itself is is quite the feat well, we you have, do have we have um, two different distributions that we go to um, that um, food bank of Alaska per week um, per week just to just to collect enough food to and, have it for Friday and on Wednesdays we um, go to Matsu food bank and pick up um, other stuff from them as well so it's fair to say three so if you pass out on Fridays mm-hmm. and you you know we don't work on weekends like everybody mm-hmm. and so it's you spend three of your four days trying to just collect enough food to feed your that families on Fridays well right now with the farm to table boxes mm-hmm. as well it's four days a week and what is a farm to table okay so okay farm to table boxes is <laughs> every day yes every day there we're getting something just trying to collect trying to collect so that we can make sure that there's enough food in each one of the boxes okay um but on when on thursdays we have a couple ladies that come in and build the boxes for me okay um and they try to put in at least at the very least five meals worth of um, food in a box. The boxes that the families go to. That, <clears throat> yes. that, that the and people it's, get it's at the just the dry goods. Okay. Okay. Everything that's dry because okay. by the time you get to Friday, mm-hmm. you have milk right now because of the farm to table boxes. Okay. You have milk and bread and cheese and yogurt and meat. Um, and right. apples right. and potatoes and onions, carrots and right. onions and and there's there's a lot of food so besides just 
those canned goods, you also get... Not to say that there's too much food, no. but just there's a lot of different yes. kinds of food. Yes, I don't want people listening yeah. and think, oh, they have so much food. You know? <laughs> We're all going to come. Right. <laughs> but, um, but with that, um, so when we actually give the food out, mm-hmm. they're getting a box of the dry goods, and they get two to three bags, depending on how much... Okay. Um, food we have as far as the meat and the produce and any of the dairy. Right. Okay, so you give them about, and so just to paint a picture, there's a cardboard box, and in it you do about five, in my air quotes, five meals worth of dry goods. Sometimes that can be even, you know, like macaroni and cheese or other mm. kinds of dryable. Um, I'm really blanking on some of the other stuff that goes into it, but like you were saying. Canned veggies. Canned veggies, right, canned, canned fruits. Canned so peanut butter. Peanut butter, right. That's it. And peanut butter, I want like hotcakes at that food distribution. <laughs> um, but, okay, so you, you try to do about five meals or so per family, per box. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're given, like you're saying, two bags. Of, and those are those like plastic type cars bags mm-hmm. or some version of that. Um, that holds either frozen uh, meals or two worth of frozen meats or um, mm-hmm. like you would, you would get from cars that, mm-hmm. you know, have, you know, whatever burger patties or you know a piece of steak and so people are able to get you know frozen meat produce so they're they get it's it's fair to say more than five meals but you're there and like you said every other week so if if you have no food at all you're you're trying to survive off that um, for two weeks which is you know in you know it's almost feasible not feasible because there's just not enough food If, if you're going four days a week to get food that then and you're still you have to do every other week or it's just I mean it's you know the number of people who come and I, I I've been there when seventy five eighty families and you're you know given an average I know I remember we talked about we had hit fifty families after two hours of being there and so I know it's just it's staggering how much our food is such a major part of of of, of our community um, as you talk about that and, and so it's so monumental that you know, um. And just for reference, do you think your, if there's 18 food banks in the valley, um, do you think yours is one of the bigger ones, smaller ones, just just for reference? Or is it, you know, is 80 a norm or is that a larger than, I mean, just to say that, I guess in my own mind, if I'm thinking about 80 families times 18, like I'm going to just cry. (laughs) Um, We're actually on almost the middle. Okay. Oh okay, okay, we're not um, the the highest one is actually the Matsu Food Bank, which is the Wasilla Food Pantry. Mm-hmm. Their food pantry is the largest, and then there's actually we're not really in the middle. We're probably about third down. Okay. In, so in there are list. some who see more than you, but then it yes. gets at least it say it tapers off, but some you know up and will over those. Well, um, Big Lake. Um, Frontline Mission and us mm-hmm. are similar numbers. Okay. See, so that, oh my goodness, that's just to think about that. Um, so I guess, I mean, you, I, you've probably answered this question, or you know, the listener can assume the answer. Um, do you think our community is experiencing a larger number of people who are experiencing um, hunger-related struggles than before? Um, 
Especially since COVID, mm-hmm. um, okay. because a lot of people that wouldn't normally come to a food pantry mm-hmm. were having a lot of them come in. Okay. Um, people calling me up and just saying, I've never done this, and I really feel uncomfortable. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Just, right. just come on by and, you know, get some food for your family. Right. Um, but, yeah, there there is an increase, and in I'm... It's been sporadic lately, the last few months, okay. um, but um, I'm actually looking that we're probably going to have a little bit more increase, at least um, in the next few months. When normally, in the summertime, it goes down a little, mm-hmm. I um, just what I'm seeing could actually go up. You think you're starting to see those numbers increasing again? Mm-hmm. Do you have any guesses as to why? I, mean, I guess I wouldn't even... What you, is there any thought as to why those numbers are going up? I think they're going up because, you know, the employment rate is getting better, mm-hmm. but it's, it's it, it, there's still a lot of, you know, COVID's still real. Yeah. Okay, so people still have to be a little cautious. Right. So the employers are going to be more be cautious, and it's going to be a little bit harder mm-hmm. still to be employed or stay employed. Oh, that makes sense. That makes so sense. you're going to have a need, and... Um, the need can be fulfilled if if you're willing to go to a food pantry. Okay, and I think that's the one of those things that people that you know it's 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 not a scary thing that and even for the pass out process, I know that you know you just kind of wait in your car, you drive up. One of our awesome you know these awesome guys who who are you know live or you know giving back um, get to run the food to you, so it's not scary. So if anyone who is listening who's thinking about like oh maybe I do. Or could use you know food that's available it's not a scary thing you don't have to you know wave to the whole community and say hey hey i have you know food related insecurities i'm just so you know there's a way to do it and save you know without um i don't say embarrassed you shouldn't be embarrassed for what we're all going through but i know that people have some anxieties mm-hmm. over doing that stuff so um so as you as you look back and you think about some of the stuff that you've learned over this time, and and I, I know that the guys have sort of talked about their own sort of stuff, um, it, is there something you wish the community knew? Is there ever a time, is there, if there's one thing you could just say, I wish people in this community knew or they understood, or you know, just what, what do you wish our community knew? Um couple things okay one would be um that not everybody that's out on the streets that's homeless Mm -hmm. is homeless by choice okay that's a good one and the other one is is that um going to a food pantry doesn't mean that you're a bad person or you know you can't provide for your family Mm -hmm. you just need a little help right and that's why the food pantries are there Everybody that runs a food pantry has the same heart to try to make sure people are fed. Right, right. That's, that's incredible. It is. It's. It's. It's, so, it's compassion, right? It's. We'll probably never re, um, get rid of hunger, like everybody says. We mm-hmm. want to fight to get rid of hunger. Right. You'll probably never get rid of hungry, but you can reduce it. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And on that note, um, what if, if, if there's a listener who, who, who feels called or compelled or wants to be a part of the process or the solution, where, 
how can they get in touch with you? How can they help? How can they step forward and, you know, being a part of the helping process? Um, I would say go to our website, mm-hmm. with, which is blood, letter N, fire, ak.org. Okay. Bloodandfire.org. Bloodandfireak.org. Bloodandfireak.org. I apologize. It's bloodandfireak.org. Yes. And um, contact information is on the website. Um, You know, donations can be done on Mm -hmm. the website. And, um, you know, anything about Knick House, if there's, you need to put in a Knick House application, it's Mm -hmm. on the website. So, um, yeah. That's the best place to go. Perfect. Perfect. Blood and Fire, AK. Dot org. Dot org. Oh, my goodness. I was going to say, God, dot org. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you, Carrie, so very much for being here. I, I appreciate you sharing with us and sort of talking about what it takes um, trying to manage these two agents or this pro, these programs, apologize, um, you know, feeding this number, those high numbers of people through food pantry, keeping people housed, um, you know, help helping provide some stability structure program. Um, so thank thank you for providing an absolute need in our community, and thank you for being here and speaking with us today. You are welcome. Thank you so very much. Um, and so as, as we always say um, here on downhill discussions, thank you for listening. Thank you uh, for understanding, or at least better getting an understanding of what's going on if you have any thoughts comments questions anything feel free to email us at downhilldiscussions at gmail.com thank you so much everybody see you